0: that's a takeout
1: I, I kind <laughs> of have like, yeah. an idea what so you're
0: referencing Dave I'm Millie Bobby Brown that's a look okay I don't, I don't know I, the it, tune is stuck in my head but not the words wait is there a Millie Bobby Brown reference There's in there? Not. no There's
1: but not. there is in your remix yeah. which I have not heard the actual song oh no? I don't know why I'm, 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 you know, really digging in my heels in this. I haven't,
0: haven't seen the video, haven't wow. listened to the
1: song. Wow. I've just kind of let you walk me through what I need to know
0: about it. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, it's old news now and we're, we're recording this a couple days before the episode comes out and this, the situation is volatile. It's ever changing. So yeah. between today and Friday when the episode drops, who knows, Taylor who knows? Swift could have come out as pansexual. We have no idea. Which she's sort of teasing that well, a, a, maybe a bi I don't identity? Know. Certainly she's aware that the rumors are out there and she's not doing anything to say yep. that they are not true, if they are not true. So either they're not true and she's letting them continue, or they are and she's like timing her coming out to a album release date. Yeah. Which, listen, everyone's on their own journey, I suppose.
1: And by the way, I'm not. I'm not like – protesting her because I am against what she's doing in any way I just Mm have no. I've never been drawn to her before during or after any of this stuff she's just fine she's just
0: fine Uh, Taylor Swift released a song a couple of weeks ago certainly everyone knows by now uh, uh, called You Need to Calm Down uh, that equates her struggle as a famous person who sometimes people say mean things to her on the internet Mm -hmm. to uh, centuries of uh, institutionalized (laughs) homophobia um (laughs) And it's a totally okay song. It's a totally okay song. It sounded great the way you, Thank you. teed it up. It will get stuck in your head. Um, but the, the lyrics are a little crazy, um, including the line, A Little Shade Never Made Anyone Less Gay, which is demonstrably false. Hmm. Um, it's uh, and Oh, and then she released a video that turns the whole gay experience into like a f- – you know, kooky, fun, straight girl slumber party <laughs> with friend of the show Jesse Tyler Ferguson and his husband Justin Makita. Oh, great! Um, renewing their vows with Sierra as the uh, as the efficient. They're in matching lavender suits. They have one small little clothed mouse uh, kiss. Yep, and then they act like it's the first time they've ever done it. Um, <laughs> Laverne Cox, Billy Porter, uh, Hannah Hart, bunch of bunch of uh, queens from Drag Race. Uh hundred million queens right. from Drag Race, RuPaul. Oh right. RuPaul's self. Um yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's uh, another one of these like super duper uh, you know, multi-million dollar uh, extravaganza videos yeah. that uh that then at the end tells you to go to change.org and sign a petition uh supporting the Equality Act. Okay. Not Interestingly, call a senator or a congressperson, but go to change.org, where also there are numerous active uh, petitions for them to bring Iron Man uh, back to life in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) So so it's maybe not exactly the place for real genuine grassroots social change, but it's not nothing. Right. So, you know, a grade of a... Um, uh, uh, you know, a, a gentleman's C for uh, for Taylor Swift. There better isn't than a nothing meme
1: out there. That's like you know, before this video, we were like, she must speak up and fuck her for not speaking yeah. up. And now that she is, we're like, fuck her for speaking yeah. up. Yeah, you know, she she really can't win. And she, I recognize that. Sure. Again, I am not. I have no beef with her. I've, I'm glad she's you
0: know on the right side of this yeah. fight. Yeah, same, same. It's just such um, it's such a weird. Uh, insertion of oneself into the center of someone else's liberation sure. story. Uh, and then it also, oh, the whole thing, uh, winds up with her and Katy Perry. Taylor's dressed like, uh, French fries and Katie's mm-hmm. dressed like a hamburger mm-hmm. and then they're friends again. So I guess they're friends again. I could not have given yeah. a shit at any stage <laughs> of their famous celebrity feud. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I'm I'll glad. tell you
1: what I do like though, is that Katy Perry song. Oh, I, I do too. that. That is a that's a great summer jam. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And you know what I really love is the um, I'm just pulling it up the Sean Mendy song. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. This is Michael is like, are you okay? What's going on with you, Sean? Because I've been (laughs) listening to this. I I mean, everybody knows it. I don't know why I'm pulling it up, but I just it's really just that I need to hear it right now for for a minute. Um,
0: This is if I can't have you. <attendance> oh yeah. Well, that just cost us $450,000. I know people have gotten, what is, are we going no, to be in sure for doing We're fine. We're, we're fine. Okay. We're fine. Um, uh, in, in the world of music, I would recommend the album Young Enough. By a group called Charlie Bliss, C H A R L Y Bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so 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 much fun. I uh, I can't stop. I haven't been this into an album in a really long time.
1: Oh, I gotta get it. Uh,
0: it is exactly in the the center of the uh, where the the rentals. Meets letters to Cleo, if that means oh, anything. Yeah, to you. You are it is speaking my language. Right in the center of that Venn diagram. Mm. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Plus uh handsome, beardy, gay bass player. I'm pretty sure. He's definitely the bass player. I'm pretty sure he's gay. Um
1: speaking of handsome bass players. Yes. We this is our first time recording since we were in Provincetown together. That is correct. One of the many high, I mean we had an incredible time. I mean Shout out to our girl Julie Rocket, Julie Rocket, who brought us out there, and she's she's just a good time gal. Sent us to the moon once again. Everybody at the Provincetown Film Festival, yeah, just a a dream team. Yeah, I also got to see my friend Julia Sullivan, who's who introduced me to Julie Rocket, who's so Julia Sullivan is really the one we have to thank for this new love affair we have with Julia Provincetown. But one of the, can you explain the our Friday night? uh adventure? No. With, uh, where though we saw Billy screams <gasps> along. Oh my god, please you, you go ahead. I, I, I well, I don't I don't know that I'll be able to even do it justice, but we saw a show on Friday yeah. night. Yeah. Also my friend Joe Rock, shout out to Joe and Mick who joined us.
0: Enjoy. Um Oh, to uh, Jeremy uh Blacklow from uh Glad who we bumped into and Sean oh, yes. Murphy, his uh hunky trainer partner. Yes. A lot of superstars. So also, many stars. friend of the show, John Cameron Mitchell was there. Yeah, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well,
1: ex- it, we saw John Cameron Mitchell first on Friday night. Mm-hmm. We went to everyone in Provincetown
0: went to the Grotta, the Grotta Bar, uh, for a thing called Scream Along with Billy. Scream Along with Billy. Billy is a uh, is a musician who every Friday over the summer does a thing called Scream Along with Billy, where he picks an album or a moment in music history and just plays it live. Yeah. And he has heard every song and he knows how to play it. And also, he might not be okay. And that's what makes it so fascinating. Right. That's uh, part of the thrill of watching him. Yeah. He's a real live wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment in history that was part of Scream Along with Billy was uh, the Velvet Underground and Nico and Andy Warhol convergence of 1966, I guess mm-hmm. it was. Unreal.
1: Unreal. And uh, John Cameron Mitchell stepped in uh-huh. and did a guest spot on yeah. stage. This is a tiny, the ceiling is is like six feet high. Yeah. It was packed.
0: Yeah. Um, For sure, a fire trap, but in the best possible way. What real, a way to die.
1: Real special moment.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Maybe you next so year. You enjoyed it. I, 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 oh,
1: I loved it so much. And yeah. um, I hope that next year we do die there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) just kidding, not really. But if we do, we're gonna die
1: somewhere, Matt. Not a bad way to go,
0: Matt. You're wearing a uh, a Sia Pride hat.
1: I am. I got this. I got you know. I actually got this this hat because I needed. I knew I needed a hat for Provincetown because we'd be running around so much. Didn't come in time, but this is not an ad. But Sia has uh, released this line of hats for Pride, where it's her image of her, you know, iconic wig on the front with a rainbow treatment. And on the back, it says, I love you, keep going. And the proceeds go to Trevor
0: Project. Right on. And now I've been wearing the hell out of it. It's beautiful. Thank it's you. It's beautiful. That's the way you do allyship. You yes, buy me. a hat. You, but you make a hat. Oh, you, oh you're And her, you donate yes. the profit. Oh, right. And then, of She's course, the ally the in this. Yes. yes that's right. <laughs> yeah. You're the actual gay
1: person. I forgot about that. Uh, Speaking of actual gay people. Uh, I mean. Well, I interrupted you, though. What no, were you no, going to no. Say? no, no, no. No, no. This week's guest is uh, living legend, mm-hmm. Big Dipper. Yep uh star of music and uh viral videos and all things queer he's uh he is
0: a fascinating fella uh perfect to wrap up pride month that's right with big dipper <sighs> a berry hand that's i take out We are back with Big Dipper. Hi, the Lacroix Hi, Big boy
1: Dipper. himself.
2: Yes, that's me. Lacroix over boys says the T-shirt. Oh yeah, that is very funny. I, I left the house today and I was like, oh, I bet they're going to say something about that. Well, I mean, it's in <laughs> giant <laughs> block they- letters. It's sure. hard to avoid. I'm just branded head to, head to toe. <laughs> is
0: this,
1: so? Does the is the message that Lacroix takes precedent over boys?
2: All flavors? Okay, no. So th- that's what the message of the people who make the shirt is. I yes. see. That's not my message. Okay. <laughs> I support their message, which is why I'm wearing their shirt. Okay. But no, Dick often wins sure. over beverages for sure. me. Sure, sure. That's, that's the shirt I should make, Dick over beverages. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I mean, or just put it on the back. <laughs> yeah, So if that. somebody needs further clarification.
2: No, these people, Um, it's like a small t-shirt company, I think, in New York. And they started making these... Like, in that, like, two years ago moment when LaCroix was, like, really popping, now it's mm-hmm. sort of, like, become that staple again. But there yeah. was that moment when I wrote the song that it just sort of felt like this, like, cultural thing. Yeah. And the amount of, like, fashion companies or whatever, like, people were, like, starting little things. And yeah. and they've sent me a bunch of shirts, and they're great. And they have, like, a Gucci rip, too. I don't quite get it, because mm-hmm. I'm not that... Um, Smart not a Gucci uh, yeah exactly <laughs> you know, I'm not that highbrow but like Gucci came out with some shirt and then they like they did another rip yeah, of it yeah, but I'm yeah. like the easier one to read is the one I love it I love. how I was thinking about you when I was re-watching uh, Lacroix boy same. was same
1: amazing songs <laughs> you um, but w- I was wondering how you fared with the controversy that I know is not. we've now all moved on from that was I don't think ever really cleared up that there was what wasn't uh, suspected to be in Lacroix?
2: You oh, I don't know. This like is all brand full, Full-blown poison. Pieces of roaches? Or, like, roach poison? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I will say, like, this happens all the time. Like, um, I, I'm barely in the entertainment industry, right? I just, like, run my own ship. But this happens all the time where, like, you make something, and then, like, two years later, you're still talking about yeah, it. Yeah. I, like, obsessively was drinking LaCroix, made LaCroix, made the song, made the video, and that was, like— 2 2 years ago so like mm. I haven't had LaCroix in a really long time I mean like when it's offered I take it but I used to like obsessively keep it in my house Oh, but
1: the obsession hasn't continued
2: well I love sparkling water but like LaCroix is more expensive than you know just plain old soda water get your, get your soda stream <laughs> exactly do it exactly it's a DIY oh. moment there so you go. I remember when that happened and I was like well I'm not drinking that right now yeah, yeah. so uh yeah I don't really know also i reached out to them and i was like hey guys give me money to make this music video yeah. i promise you it's going to be awesome and it'll be like a cool sort of viral marketing thing for you and they were just like we don't do endorsements of any kind we don't do sponsorships of any kind and then i like when i made the video i sent it to them and it was like no response i know that in those offices. They've seen like there's no way that they're not aware of the video or seeing the video, right. but never because I don't think they want a paper trail to a faggot. Like I uh-huh. truly think that's what it is because so much of their market is just like mainstream America. Because you remember, like yep. Lacroix was like, like a midwestern sort of soccer mom. Like, oh, soda has too much flavor. Yeah. I'll go yeah, for yeah. just the hint of flavor. Uh, or the essence, as they call it on the side yes. of the can. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, so you actually probably have a huge, like, consumer base that isn't, like, supportive of queer right. people. So I don't think they wanted any sort of connection. But they had the same thing with Joe Mandy, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Where he was, like, official, and then they get, they actually sent him a cease and desist. Because they were like, you can't, we have no official sponsorship.
1: He was, Joe, Joe Mandy was claiming to be the official, yeah. And it was a yeah.
2: bit to begin with. Uh-huh. And then he, like, I guess probably put it on his Twitter bio. And then they, like, send him a cease and desist. So I think because he, like, screenshotted it and put it out yeah. in the world or whatever, they just didn't want to interact with me at all. Yeah, Humor and not, not part of their brand. What they did, exactly. Which is, so, I mean, whatever. It's so dumb. But they did, when I did send them the pitch, I also fully understand, like, some dude from the internet emailing you, like, hey, I'm going to make something I'm promise going to be good. You want to give me some money to do it? You're going to be like, no.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, but you had a lot to back it up. It's like, sure. why don't you watch one of these other videos? And-
2: yeah, but it, it, they 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 uh, responded with, like, uh, we don't do any sponsorships, but if you have any good ideas about LGBTQ events we could uh, have a presence at, let us know. And I was like, you mean Pride events? Like, <laughs> Google it, <laughs> yeah. girl. You're like, Come the on. event is my, my music video shoot yeah, that you exactly. could have a presence at. So now it's just flat water for me. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, we endorse Topo Chico. Did Especially you see that they good. make Topo Chico popsicles? No. What? But you know, they're it's not flavored. So they're so unflavored ice? mineral like, water. Is that the most hipster thing you've ever heard of? Is it <laughs> does it have an essence? No, Topo Chico I mean Topo no. Chico has I think one flavor. I think they, they do, have do a, a grapefruit. A mild grapefruit. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just straight the mineral just fizzy water. The minerals, though, are just unflavored wow. fizzy popsicles. <laughs> they have bubbles in them, frozen bubbles. But I mean, yeah, I do okay. want one. I'll be honest. You see what I'm talking one. about? I do. It's like, I'm if, annoyed. If you buy a $3 million apartment in Williamsburg, the uh-huh. freezer already has Topo Chico mineral water <laughs> popsicles. They <Yeah. laughs> so just appear. Yeah. It's like, well, Oh God! God something
1: almighty. to aspire to. Yes. Yeah.
0: What are you listening to right now?
2: You oh love? gosh, um, this this always happens to me. This question always happens to me when I'm writing new music. So yeah. right now I'm listening to six songs that I wrote on repeat mm-hmm. uh, because I'm trying to decide what is my next EP is going to be. Um, but as far as what other people have access to, because those are private links on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. um, I haven't fully. Uh, submerged myself into Billie Eilish yet but I'm very interested yeah um, she's incredibly intriguing to me for like uh, many reasons one of which like I feel like her styling and her attitude and her public persona don't line up with her music like the way she carries herself the way she acts and what her reference points are to me feels like she would be making club music Right. Or be rapping, or be like sort of like an auto tune sort of trap vibe. And then it sounds like, like you know, a 2019 version of Regina Specter, a lot mm-hmm. of her music, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So she's very intriguing to me. And I think she has that thing because she's, what, 17 and already everyone's obsessed with her and, like, her music is really good and she made it with her brother and she's homeschooled. Like, she has that thing where you're just like, why did you become so famous so fast? And then the moment you, like, listen to a song or watch a video or see an interview, you're like, oh, I fully understand mm. why everyone is intrigued by you so i've been listening i've been like dabbling with her i haven't even listened to the new album i'm like catching up because i like to be informed i'm like the kind of person that when i watch a show i'm like well i have to start on season one yeah i can't just dive in so sometimes i feel like that with music uh-huh. i'm like oh i want to go back and like work my yeah. way up to the new new release start with season one of her music yeah yeah and I did. I did listen to the new Ariana Grande album a lot. Uh-huh. I hey, mostly which, listened Thank you to Next women or Sweetener. Yeah, okay. And then I, I enjoyed Sweetener. And then I enjoyed it more after I listened to Thank You Next. And I think the songs I liked most on Thank You Next could have also been on Sweetener, right? Like that kind of vibe. Like that first song on the Ariana Grande album, Imagine. You, mm, any, yeah. Any, yeah, any yeah. Listener? Mm-hmm. And when she hits those fucking whistle tones, but the vibe on that, I'm like. It just—I feel like it really shows my age when I'm like—I'm like, oh, I'm definitely like moving through my thirties. When I'm like, oh, this is a song that like anyone could enjoy. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be fourteen to like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. The song Sweetener is such a jam. Yeah, such a jam. I I guess I'm supposed to say a bop, but that doesn't sound right to me. Would you say it slaps? Can I call it a slap? (laughs) No. I want to though.
2: You can. I mean, you can do whatever That's you That's on want. sweetener yeah.
0: is a real slap. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to start using that. Let me we'll see if that catches out of on. Your mouth, do yeah. you like that?
1: Yeah. I okay, good. Um, any TV? What are you watching from season one TV wise?
2: Oh, what did I just start recently? Um, I just finished High Maintenance. Or uh, Is it over? Or maybe there might be one more episode left no, in this no. season cycle, but I, I, I I'm fully caught up on that, and I like watching that show because when I first moved to New York, a friend who I met um, on a sex app, but then we never fucked, we just started hanging out and for coffee. Which I also feel like so many people say, like, "Oh, we met on Grinder, and now we're best friends." I'm like, that doesn't happen. Right. I only meet buttholes on Grinder. <laughs> I actually don't use Grinder, but. Um, He told me he was like, he was like writing, he was a screenwriter and he was like, oh, I really love this web show called High Maintenance. And so I always like watching High Maintenance on HBO because I was like, I watched the three minute Uh, uh, web series back in the day when you could like look at them all on Vimeo. Um, But I like how that show grew to be super queer And sort of, like, in the beginning it was kind of, but now it's, like, super queer. And I think that reflects, like, the real-life relationship between Ben and Katya and, like, how their relationship evolved. And I didn't know any of this. Well, so they were married when the show started. Do you watch the show on HBO?
1: I've seen just a handful of it and think it's great, but...
2: They covered it in, like, the last season. They sort of gave the backstory, but the co-creators of the show were at one point married. And then she, like... identified as queer and then the marriage split up, but they remained in the working relationship. And um, I don't know, like, you know, whatever she's queer. I don't know who she dates, what she did, you know, like that whole scenario I think is evolving, but she, they then took that storyline and like wove it into the show. So Mm -hmm. Ben, who plays the guy there's, I think it's maybe season two. They like dig into the backstory where like they reveal that he has an ex wife and the ex wife is queer. Oh. And and I sort of love that, like, it made the show, like, it almost made the show better and their working relationship better, that mm-hmm. their real-life relationship sort of took a turn and evolved into something else.
1: And I'm assuming they treat it a little differently than, like, um, Ross's ex-wife on Friends, mm-hmm. who's a, le- le- <laughs> the, the, the punchline is always the word lesbian, yeah, Carol. You know? Right.
2: Or they're like, Joey's always like, so did you see her kiss anyone? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, Were you a friends person? Yeah. yeah. And then I watched all of it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Isn't, didn't, did, is this like, is this urban legend or fact or fake news that like friends in the office are the most streamed thing on Netflix? Fact, for sure. Fact. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, it makes sense, right?
2: You yeah. go back to what you're familiar with. Yeah. I watch Parks and Rec. I've probably watched the entire series of Parks and Rec four times. Mm-hmm. Who knows how much I've actually watched it. It's just been, like, on in the background. Right. But. Did you try on the uh, Netflix uh,
0: tip with the Dirt? Dirt. The Motley Crue biopic. Oh.
2: No. Okay. I have no point of reference for literally anything you just said. Really? Rock music and me do not line up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I know of Motley Crue. Yeah. But I like, don't like them, but oh, okay. I just I had morbid curiosity, so I started watching it, and but it is... Atrocious <laughs> Poorly made Or they made Bad life decisions and they it. highlight them. All of it It's a bad movie About bad people oh, okay. Based on a bad book Wow I can, Just yeah.
1: seeing the images Of them It's not Those are not things That my eyeballs
0: Want to look no. at so Does Motley
2: Crue Have any song With the word bad In the title
0: uh, too fast for love is uh, that's not that is not. Um,
2: I was just in thinking about if 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 you're a, a bad a bad yeah. movie about bad people doing yeah. bad things
0: featuring uh, featuring no, their Doctor Feel Good. Song.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's
0: rough. It's rough. It's no. worth watching the first few minutes just to get a sense for yeah. how rough it is, but. Uh, Then give it a thumbs down so it doesn't fuck up your... Okay,
2: got it, got it. it. (laughs) I I have been watching The Act on Hulu, which Uh is... Oh, I heard it's great. Yeah, it's really, really great. And I watched that documentary, which is called... Mom Dead and Dearest. Dead and Dearest. Dead and Dearest. dearest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Full of surprises, that one.
0: Yeah. Takes on some twists and turns.
2: Yeah, and the way that they have like turned it into a show is very cool. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't
1: yet. either. I know that it's about um, what's this syndrome called when you make uh, that Munchausen by proxy. Munchausen, which was I, of course, we all learned about from a couple seasons
0: ago on Real Housewives Beverly Hills. Oh, I learned about it from Eminem. His mom had that apparently. Whoa, yeah. Really? So yeah, so you learned
2: was, about it personally from Eminem. Well, no, me? but he wrote he wrote <laughs> was like, like lyrics about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. His
1: mom was Munchausen him.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, isn't there a difference because there's Munchausen and then there's Munchausen by proxy, where you're doing it to other people? Yeah. Right. Because Munchausen is almost hypochondriac. Oh, right. Oh, Munchausen is of the
1: self. Yes. Is
0: that true? Yeah. 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 And it's not. And it's not always about being sick. Sometimes it's just fanciful things about yourself. When it's parents with kids, it's almost always illness. That is By the so way,
2: wild. everything that I just said, I don't know if it's true. No, we'll I fact check you. it and yeah. then yeah. A, okay, great. Aggress, uh, yeah. aggressively email you. Yeah. That's what we'll do. <laughs> what did you grow up listening to? Um, I lived in um Evanston, which is just north of Chicago, so I grew up listening to uh on the radio, B96. Um, and, uh, Q101 uh-huh. and WGCI. And so those were top 40 or Are these B96 was like top 40 pop music. Q101 was alt rock and WGCI was the urban radio station. So what years are we talking Oh, gosh. Um, I probably, like, understood that there was music to listen to, like, when I was, like, 8, 9, 10. So, yeah. like, like, 94, 95, 96. Yeah. And then, um, like, through when Napster appeared, it was, like, radio heavy. Sure. And then it became, like, my friends burning me CDs of, like, club music. Um, but it was mostly like, it was also the point when like top 40 was turning into, uh, rap music. Like when it was like, when you would listen to the top 40 station, you're like, oh, DMX and uh Ja Rule and Missy Elliott and Britney Spears are all being like played in rotation and Backstreet Boys. So that was like really the height of it for me. So I always say that like my inspiration feels like a mix of those people, like, like, I, I when I'm writing music it's like I want it to be evocative like Missy Elliott but I want the pop hooks to be as like you know earwormy as a Britney Spears song and like my delivery is awesome all, all, often in the jaw rule like um uh DMX <laughs> range yeah. where I'm screaming but then like when I perform like I I will have like a bunch of backup dancers, and we'll do full choreography like it's a boy band. So it's kind of that like poppy hip hop mix. Like to me, a perfect song is like a Ja Rule Ashanti uh, collaboration. Yeah.
0: What was like the first thing
2: that didn't get played on the radio that you loved? Ooh, well, well, uh, interesting. I did. I did have the like Columbia House like send away for a CD sure. thing. Who did? And there were only like a few that I recognized from the list. So I had my sister like choose some stuff for me. And she listened to Fish and she listened to Dave Matthews' band. And so, so my sort of hybrid of that was the presence of the United States of America. Oh, wow. And like, obviously, that was like Peaches was a huge song and they played that on the radio. Uh-huh. But like, I liked a lot of B sides off that album. Um, or not B sides, I guess it was a CD. So sure. <laughs> just other tracks. But yeah, I that I really enjoyed that. And then like, there was also like the occasional musical that I was really into. Like, we used to play vinyl of The Wiz and um, Free to Be You and Me at oh. my house. And I was in Free to Be You and Me because I did like community theater when I was like starting to be like eight years old. Oh, wow. Who um, are you? Free to Be You and Me. I was like, not even a character I was a just a dancer great you know because it was community theater there were yeah. 70 kids in this show so like only a few got the solos yeah but I was always a dancer and the age range this was the funny shit the age range was always like 8 year olds to 15 16 17 if you'd been doing it a long time mm-hmm. you're like one more play so like Sometimes you have an eight year old like step touching in the background, and then you know, some girl who's like winning war awards for rhythm g- gymnastics at her high school doing like an aerial leap and like whatever. And it's like, we're both in the dance company of this show. Uh, but yeah, oh, free to be you and me, seminal, seminal work for well, me. yeah. And William wants a doll, that song Huge. Oh, yeah. about being like, Yeah, you can have a doll, Rosie Greer
0: reminding you it's all right to cry. It is. Yeah, they watched. Uh, they they played that when I was in maybe fourth grade. Like the nuns played it for us. We took off school for the morning and we yeah. all watched it. Have
2: you seen it?
1: I know that song because it was in the Half Nelson soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> wow. that Ryan Gosling movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tenure. Oh, wow. I've never even seen it. I we only I only listened to the record and I then think, we like did the play. I think it's all on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Whoa. It's incredible. That would be like a very intense journey. Carol Channing. Melt wow, Brooks. what? Yeah.
0: Carol Channing does a whole thing on housework.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, right, which is on the, that's her distinctive voice on the yeah. record. Uh-huh. Did
1: Dang. you ever see the Alice in Wonderland that Carol yes. Channing is in? That,
2: okay. I, we had a dubbed copy because they would play it on TV. So we yeah. we did the VHS. And what are they called? The Jabberwocky? The yep. Jabberwocky. Jabber, that thing, however they did it in that movie, it was all just sort of shadows. And like like it was like, you know, they would like fade the picture. Like you never actually saw what it was.
1: You, you do see you it do? eventually. Okay. Yes, well, I always
2: hell. turned it off. I think, because I couldn't yeah. handle it. It's,
1: it. It That fucked me but up. But
2: Sammy Davis Jr. is in that, right? Yes. And then who who was the Alice? Her name was Natalie Gregory. Did Can't believe she, I just summoned
1: that name. That's I, incredible. I, I can. She, really? She, I don't think, has done anything <laughs>
0: significant since. Have you ever seen this, Dave? I've seen the Carol Channing clip. She was a very
2: specific actor, that yeah. Alice. There was something very specific about her. She was born to play that role and maybe no other role. <laughs> she like coaches soccer and fan yeah. eyes. <laughs> um what other community theater did you do? So my big role was in The Wizard of Oz. I was cast as the lion. Wow when great. I was like nine years old. Great. And I had a panic attack, and that was like when I first went to therapy.
1: Panic attack.
2: On... I felt so much pressure to like yeah. do like be the be one of the leads. I'm like, be the lead. <laughs> I'm yeah. not Dorothy. It's, it's, I, wasn't I mean, Dorothy. it's the biggest the male. He memorable. has more than to do than the Scarecrow. Um, yes. Uh, so, and I remember like literally there was a dress rehearsal. I remember sitting in the like gymatorium. And in the lion costume and cry like sobbing to my mom about having like so much pressure and what am I going to do? And my mom was like, let's just fucking leave. Like, what are you talking about? This is community theater. Like, let's go. And I remember looking at her like she was crazy. And I was like, do you know how many kids are counting on me? Like, really freaking out. I was like, I've got to do it. And it, it was almost like, it was almost like that was that lesson I learned of by her saying, well, we could just leave. Like, th- this has no bearing on your life. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be doing this. Yeah. This is fun. And I was able to sort of separate the pressure. So I did Very that. wise, nine-year-old. Well, you know, I, I think in the moment I was just scared to let people down. Sure. And upon later reflection, that was the lesson uh-huh. I learned. I wish I was that smart when I was nine. <laughs> um, Yeah, I did The Wizard of Oz. It was, I'm sure, a production of Peter Pan. There was like an Aladdin thing. I did, I did a lot of community theater, and then um, theater in middle school, and then high school, and then I was a theater major, major in college. So like that, like starting from eight, it was always like about making stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is theater still part of your life? No, which is so weird because I when I went to college, I was like a directing major. I was like producing stuff on campus. I started an improv troupe. There was like no improv troupe in my college when I showed up. I was like prepared to show up and be like, I'm going to audition for everything. And like there, there was nothing. So I started one that I think I believe is still going. Wow. Um, and it was I, – I in my brain, I was like, oh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to work in theater. Eventually, I'll become, like, the artistic director of a regional theater in this country, like, you know, in Cleveland or, in you know, like, whatever. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started, like – getting, I was doing, you know, storefront theater in Chicago and I started getting into like queer nightlife performance, which was something that, you know, I came out my senior year of uh, high school. And when I went to college, I was like, literally no one will meet me and not know that I'm gay. Like that was yeah. my goal. I was just like, hi, I'm gay. Hi, I'm gay. <laughs> like that, that was the plan when I went to college. And, but I wasn't doing any sort of like queer artistic expression. I was just saying like, this is who I am. Now let's work on this Sam Shepard play or whatever. And so in Chicago, I realized there was like a whole wealth of like people making queer music, queer performance art. There were, you know, queer theater companies, one I started to work with. And and then I got into performing because by the time I was in college, I had never really gotten any positive feedback as like an actor or performer, but everyone was tapping me for directing and choreographing and like put producing and putting things together. So I was like, Oh, I'll just be a a director and then I'll direct regional theater and musical theater. And like, that'll be my life thing. So this queer performance really opened things up for me. And um, that's when I started making music and making music videos. And I've been sort of on that ride Since like 2011 Mm. and I have not done any theater work sort of since then very randomly I've produced a couple operas with a friend of mine who's an opera director but just purely as a producer Um, but I I went and saw a play recently and I was like Oh, God, the American theater needs me. Yeah. No, i was just kidding. But, we'll but, but I went back and I was very nostalgic for that idea of like, oh, getting in a room with actors and like working on yeah. something. Like that's so different than like making a music video. What have you seen that you've loved recently? In theater? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, my, pa- my parents took me to see a national tour of Wicked. Oh, wow. 45 years later. Um,
1: I just saw it when my mom was visiting. this Really? Year. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so we saw it in uh, Albuquerque, New oh, Mexico. Nice. I sat down and I was like, I think I know what this musical is about. And it started. I knew every word to the soundtrack because when I was in college, that musical, that musical was like really popping on Broadway. And. I lived with musical theater majors. They just sang every... And, like, I did not know I had the muscle memory for every word of that musical. Um, And what I enjoyed about it was the spectacle. I was like, oh, like, this is so cool because you get to watch it live as these set pieces come in and the costume changes and the dancers and the singing. And, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I get why people love this. Like, I forgot about that. Um... But I haven't really like gone like that's another it's something I want to do. I want to be going to more theater because it is it is really fun to experience that live. And you get that a little when you go to concerts and stuff like that. But like, you know, everyone is hiding behind some vocal track or something or, you know, it's this very like separated thing. But with theater, there's something way more vulnerable about it, even though they're playing a character like you get to see them like doing it. Right. And even with live music, like I think there are only, I, I don't think there are many artists out there who are actually really, really doing it in front of you. And when you can find them like that makes their live show really great. And I love pop music. So if you see using pop music live, no one's doing shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just walking around. I, sometimes when I play at club shows, um, I'll deliver my tracks to the DJ and then they'll respond and they'll say like, I'll email them ahead of time and they'll be like, I'm just confirming like none of these tracks have any vocals on them. And I'm like, yeah, cause I'm doing my live show. Yeah. So I'll be screaming on top of them. That's mm-hmm. what my live show yeah. is. And they go, Oh, okay. Most people send. And I'm like, I know what most people send. I am not most people. I just played a show in Australia and the artist I played with, um, <laughs> name names, that well names. that'll that'll say exactly who it is i just played a show uh, uh with another artist and the artist uh the producer was like you know they told us to just pull the songs from spotify Ooh. for the live oh, show uh-uh. and i have supporting vocals like on the chorus if there's auto-tune on the chorus like that'll play and i'll sing on top of it but i rap so like it, having the other vocal there like That gives me no room to move around with, you know? I don't know.
1: One of the last live greats,
2: Big Dipper. Me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. Okay.
0: we're back with big dipper hello hi hi so you mentioned you came out in high school yes in evanston illinois
2: that's correct we're talking 90s um 2017 no i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> i think it was like 2003 probably okay yeah that's when i graduated from high school uh-huh, uh-huh. how was that experience You know, it was good. I'm definitely, you know, one of the lucky one of our people. Uh, I knew for a while. I told like one of my friends who kept the secret for a while. I told another friend and then. Like, in the fall of my senior year, I told my parents and then it trickled down, like, told my sister and all my friends found out at school. It took me a little bit more time to come out to my grandparents. but And then when I went to college, like, I just told everyone. Sure. So parents came before siblings. My parents came first. My sister was away at college. Mm, okay. Yeah. The My coming out story is, I mean— it's it's become a better story as I've told it more but essentially I was working on a a, a, a show uh, at my high school and so I was like leaving to go do a tech rehearsal and then I had another thing and another thing so it was that very like you know suburban overactive high school student of like I'm taking the car and I'll see you in 36 hours like yeah. I'm really autonomous or whatever so as I was leaving the house I just like turned to my mom and I was like mom I'm gay I just like have to tell you that but I I'm late for this thing, and I gotta leave. And she was like, eh. uh, I'm not gonna see you for a while. I'm gonna spend the whole weekend with your father. Like, what do you? And I was like, Well, she was, she's, she was like, That's your news to tell. So what do you, I was like, I don't know. Don't tell him, tell him like whatever you want. Uh, I'll tell him on Sunday night when we have dinner, you know, and it was like Friday night or whatever it was. Were you just thinking about it all weekend? Yeah, It was just something. I think she made some like offhand comment that wasn't even anything. It just triggered something in my brain where I was like, I just need to tell her. So I did. It was kind of a dick move on my part. So then when we got back together for dinner, you know, there's like this awkward silence and. My mom looked at me like, no, you're going to tell him," you know? And then my dad pipes up and he was like, so your mom told me what you, you told her. And I was like, oh, great. So we talked about it for a little bit. And then after dinner, my mom put a cake down and it was covered in rainbow sprinkles. And oh. like, so again, it was like a very, you know, my dad, my dad took it way better. They both took it fine. They were both okay. But my mom kept asking me the like phase questions and the like, sure. but you've had so many girlfriends and I'm like, yes, girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, so, but you But my dad, so my dad was like, I buy it. <laughs> I was like, great. You know, <laughs> and, and you did have so many girlfriends. I, I had a few like seventh grade, eighth grade, fifth grade, you know, just people you wanted to hold hands with or sure, kiss sure. on the cheek, but I'm a gold star. Same. Same, Same. <laughs> um, Okay, so
1: we're out in college And we're out Well, we're out in senior year of high school Yeah And is there any dating
2: happening? No, 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 no. I hated myself for so long Dating didn't happen Not until I lost my Virginia in my senior year of college With a um, professor <laughs> what,
1: what, 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 what?
0: Yeah. We will need to hear this whole story from season 1.
2: <laughs> essentially, it, there was a professor who um was gay. There were, you know, I was in the theater department, there were many gay men around, and essentially this person and I like there was a light flirtation. So I was like, oh, that could be something. And I don't know what it is about me, but I'm wired for older men. Like I just sort of always have been only now I'm turning 34 only now. Am I even remotely open to like people, my same age. So like in my twenties, I was like, you gotta be 50, you know, like there was just no way that I was like interacting with a 20 year old. And so, um, This professor, it became clear that, like, there was a light flirtation there. And then when it kind of continued, always just, like, verbal or, like, a glance or, like, an innuendo comment, I sort of, in my head, I was like, I think I'm going to fuck him. Like, (laughs) I just made a decision. And nothing happened until I had actually graduated. Mm -hmm. uh, And which, you know— god i don't know i mean like whatever i assume the dude is retired now at this point but uh i later found out i was not very special as far as students go um but it was fine you know like it was it felt safe i felt like i was in the power position there was like a lot of back and forth and whatever and then after after i graduated uh i went to his house and like i showed up and he had like laid out a whole like cheese spread in front of the fireplace and I like fucked him in front of the fireplace and then I um uh injured his back
1: (laughs) injured his back
2: yeah I threw his back out um so I didn't even come the first time I fought like we didn't finish because I truly hurt him and then he was like oh and I was like I gotta go and then I drove home and then I one other time uh we got together and then,, uh, yeah, I haven't talked to him since. Wow. obviously, it's been well over a decade. Um, but you've since talked to a fellow alum and been like, you also No, sort of immediately back? after uh, someone said to me, or I told a friend of mine, and they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, this person, this person, this per like uh, people who had graduated ahead of mine mm-hmm. of me." So, but it it was good because I felt like I was in control. And also when we showered uh, after he, uh, before I got out of the shower, he did something to his body where he sort of like squeegeed himself. This is a very weird thing, but I do this all the time now. I used to get out of the shower. I'm covered in hair all over my Uh, body. And I used to get out of the shower, and I'd be very wet, and then my towel would get soaked. So now when I turn off the shower, I take my hands, and I squeegee down my body. And the amount of water that comes off is huge. It makes a massive difference when I'm drying off my body. And I learned that from him. uh, valuable life skills you're picking up in college so romantic that's crazy
0: right yeah so what was the source of the low self-esteem that kept you from dating more
2: well i was always a chubby kid so fat and then um like my body hair sort of happened all together but like i have a big beard and that beard didn't quite happen so i had like Patchy stubble, but then I was, like, growing chest and back hair on, like, my chubby body, and then my understanding of gay people was not that. So, I basically was looking at representation out in the world, which at that point was Queer Eye... Will and Grace, Uh maybe, like, um, The Advocate magazine. Uh You know, I was just trying to think of, like, what was out there, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously there was the internet, but I I truly didn't know how to, like, look up bear on the internet. Like, I didn't understand that term until after I, like, like, so my senior year, like, my beard fully came in. I started um, of of college my senior year, and then I started dancing. There was like a dance company on on campus that that I got asked to audition for, and I was dancing. And then I was like using my body and like 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 in rehearsals, wearing like a tank top and shirt. And I was like, oh oh, here it is. Like it took me a second to sort of like settle in, mm. and then like the flirting happened with that guy like and i was like oh wait like maybe i do have a little like sexual currency because before i truly like i was like for a long time i was like i'm gonna be gay i'm gonna be in the gay club i'm gonna go to the pride parades i'm gonna tell everyone i'm gay if anyone says you know anything homophobic i'm gonna pipe up but i'll just never have sex (laughs) like i was like oh i'll just be like a uh, like a Uh, what's the word a eunuch you know like I was just like I'll just furiously jerk off hoping my roommate doesn't wake up that college jerk off is the worst (laughs) Uh, silence where you're just like, you're like "Uh, uh, uh," and then you're in the headphones and then you like glance across the room and you're like okay he's still sleeping and he's got his back to me so even if he wakes up I have like a moment where he's rolling over (laughs) to not get caught like what are you supposed to do you're sharing a room and you're 18 yeah truly insane lord have mercy so, yeah, so basically when I moved, when I moved back to Chicago, I started working at this queer theater company called About Face Theater and they they had board members and they had uh, other like a, a whole range of adults, you know, across the queer spectrum. Like I started hanging out with lesbians. I started hanging out with trans people. I started like literally I was like, oh, it's not just gay and it's not no shade to him. Carson Kressley. It's like yeah. a bunch of people. Yeah. And when that happened, I think my, like, eyes really opened up sexually, and I was like, oh, okay, like, I do have a place in the world. And then when I started performing and I started making music and I started, like, stripping and taking off my clothes and sort of talking about sexual content, all of that really beefed up my sort of understanding of where I fit in and my sexual confidence. Sure. So it— it took a while, but it was it was kind of like an outside-in scenario where I was, like, dancing. When I first started uh, performing, I was dancing in a, a queer dance trio. We were called Double DJ. And um, there was, like, sort of, like, uh, an androgynous uh, white woman who was, like, 15 years older than me, a tall, skinny, femme black man, and uh, who was, you know, in between our ages. And then me— um, like a thick hairy bearded white guy and we would dance in high heels and do like a whole like club show and then like burlesque and kind of strip. And it was this like really empowering thing where we are like, Oh, we're all like, we're all three wildly different types. We're working together. We like have this creative collaboration. And then also, um, were being really sexy, and that had never happened to me before. And because of that dancing experience, that gave me sort of, like, the courage to be like, oh, maybe I could, like, make a song or make music and, like, you know, show off my body. So, yeah, I don't know. Quite the outside-in journey to get there.
1: Right. And so, and what was happening dating-wise during this journey?
2: What was happening dating-wise? Um, not much. Not much. I'm trying to remember. Oh, my god! Well, when
1: did stuff start to heat up dating-wise? Uh,
2: I, I like, dated one or two people. I kind of fell into a few things, like, real-life things where you just, like, meet someone. And then it was like, oh, who's your friend? And blah, blah, blah. I, like, dated this, this guy who I met through a, a mutual friend. Um, Who was like, you know, in his mid 50s and like was a restaurateur and like drove a motorcycle and he was like really handsome and fun, but like had a very low sex drive. Mm -hmm. So it was this like weirdly safe thing where I like rode on the back of his motorcycle and we went out to meals and he felt very like sophisticated and fun and we would like make out a lot. But I'd be like, can your dick get hard? Uh, And it wasn't like it wasn't like I was upset about it, but I was just like, what can I do? But that was like a safe way to feel like, oh, this is how you interact with a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple of those. And then like the, like getting on the apps really sort of turned it up. Um, and I, I got on Scruff first, and now I use like a couple different ones. But I was on Grindr for a little bit, and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> Like I was getting no, no, uh, no feedback on that. No positive <laughs> feedback, but yeah, I, I mean like, and then, and the apps have really encouraged my like slutty side, which I have like fully embraced. Um, cause I've like never in the beginning I was in these like really sort of like juvenile relationships and, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the I had a long-term uh, relationship in New York um which was cool and really positive and 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 great and g- like gave me the space to become an artist which was cool cuz we lived together and he like took care of things but it didn't feel like I was like kept. Mm. So, I don't know. It's been a it's been a I've had a little bit of everything
1: and talk to us about your slutty side like how does that (laughs) talk to me about your slutty
2: side (laughs) Uh, it's weird I mean it's weird because I'm like my music is very slutty um, and I enjoy that and then like I can be very slutty but I'm also like kind of A prude in certain sense. You know, like gay people are wild. Like, hey, let's go to a sex party where there's 600 people. And you're like, okay. But that doesn't feel fun to me because I have this like weird thing where whether or not people have. Any idea who I am, or have seen me perform, or whatever? But like, think about LA. It's like, oh, I perform at this bar, this bar, this bar. I DJ at these parties. I know these people. Hey, let's all go to a sex party in LA. I'll probably know forty people there. Like, I would go to a sex party if I knew no one. Right. Like that. That sort of anonymity feels more fun to me. But well, the I idea think of like, small talk with like an acquaintance. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And your dick out. Yeah. Where you like? You're like, oh, hello. Uh, you know, it's like you much rather just do like a knowing nod like we see each other let's try to avoid each other right but yeah i like i have fully embraced the slutty side of me but i also feel like maybe the pendulum has swung too far to the right where like i recently had an opportunity to like be in something and i like refused to even give it an incubation period of monogamy Where I was like, no, I'll absolutely be fucking a bunch of other people. And the moment you try to say, like, "Um, isn't this great? We're dating now. I'm going to be like, yeah, I had a great time. And then I'm going to leave your apartment and go suck a stranger's dick who I, like, met off Craigslist or whatever. Like, I have, like, a big, like, reaction to that. And so I think I'm trying to, like, figure out sort of where I fall. Because I am really sex positive. I really enjoy um like being promiscuous and I celebrated in other people, but people see sex very differently. And for some people, if we were to like spend a night together and like connect emotionally and intimately, and then the following morning I would go fuck someone who I have just a fuck relationship with, that would feel like a stab in the heart. Whereas for me, I would be like, Oh, amazing. I didn't feel like fucking glad you fucked that person. Cause now we can go to the movie. Well. Wow. And not everyone thinks that way. So I, I, I think my last album that came out, I titled Late Bloomer because I feel like that is true about me across the board. You know, I think as queer people, like a lot of people come out late in life and that's great. Um, but sometimes we get robbed of a lot of things and yeah. uh, younger generation, they're coming out earlier and earlier. And so like some people that I'll talk to will be like, oh, you came out when you're 17. That's early. And uh for me, I feel like I'm five or six years behind everything. Right. Like I've randomly in my head I've always thought like, oh, when I'm forty, like then I'll feel like I'm actually like in myself. Like that I'm who I am. I'll be doing what I want to do. Like I've always thought that. And uh, you know, a few more years till I get to that point. So I'm still <laughs> still, still blooming. Still As Troy Savon would say. Growing. Still blooming. Wow, this has been a treat, <laughs> I know you guys just need- sat silently nodding while I blabbered no, on for an it. hour. Jesus, I that's loved what we it. We brought you here for okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Where
2: are you performing next? Um, or DJing? Dip, depends on this release date, okay. Well, I guess that's true. Where can people find your dates? <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly this summer in June. Yes? June? Yeah. Okay. So June, I'm doing Pride in Indianapolis and Washington, D.C. I also will be at Pride in San Francisco at the end of June there and something else, but I'll just continue to promote on the (laughs) internet.
0: The dates are too
2: booked. Yeah, I'm too booked for that. Booked and busy. Yeah, like to be.
1: Thank Um, you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: It felt like a therapy session. Uh, Please come back and do a follow up same time next week. Yeah, whenever you want. (sighs) Perfect. Okay, thanks, guys. We got mail.
1: We got mail, and I'm having a lot of trouble opening it. Here's the deal.
0: We show up to Earwolf. How did this get made? Stacks of mail. Stacks. Uh, Bitch sesh. Hollywood handbook, stacks of mail. Bitch sesh, stacks of Box mail. On, boxes on boxes. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, if you feel like sending us stuff, we're going to take it. Um,
1: and those people aren't opening their swag on air. No, they're not. But this, Look which at, is from The Return Says Josh, I can't read his last name, Gersky. Josh yeah. from where? Columbia Heights, Minnesota. Josh
0: from Minnesota sent us something. Is MN
1: Minnesota? I it believe is. it is, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're almost there. Sorry. I mean, oh. this is exciting. Yeah. It's like an unboxing video without any of the good stuff. Yeah, yeah there's... Your arms good. Oh, well. Thank you. Say that into the mic, please, What's Dana. This? Just kidding. that. Dana said. Matt, your arms look, look really good. good. 100% true. Okay. I was noticing. I it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Okay, I'm handing this over <laughs> to you, Dave, before. No. I, it's all falling apart. Why? And I to take it from here. Okay. All right, here we go. This is the shape of a, v- I thought maybe this was going to be a vinyl because of the shape of the box, but
0: Dave uh, is now I on, see a rainbow. I see a rainbow
1: letter. Oh, which I'm excited
0: to read. Way too long to read on the oh, air. Oh, my God. What the hell okay. is this? Okay. There's an <laughs> Aniston bracket. Holy sh- Give there's me that in movie bracket. Oh. Okay, here we go. Let me let me read. Let me read. Let me read. Oh my God. Oh, this is, okay, go let ahead. Let me read. Dave, Matt, and Dana, thank you for creating the most honest and authentic media for the queer community. Hey, Josh, thank you for noticing. Uh, I love that each of your guests uh, are unique and have a different story to tell as part of the LGBTQ plus community. Homophilia gives me the opportunity to live outside my own experiences and be proud of the progression the community has made. Okay. We're skimming. We're skimming.
1: Well, no. are you skipping the parts where he says nice things about you? Is that what you're doing? I am a little bit.
0: Dave. Dave, uh, just give read me it. that damn thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, okay. Because I've been collecting vinyl since 2005. By the way, thank you, Josh. I just don't want to be immodest. Uh, I decided to put it to good use and relive middle school. I made you eat each mixtapes. <gasps> Every tape is different, and I thought the mystery of what's on them is much more interesting than if I listed listed the tracks up front. Josh, you are right. If none of you own a cassette player or have access to play them, then I guess the music dies with me. That's a grim thought. Again, not incorrect. We will get our hands on a cassette player. Oh, my God. I do have one, Josh. Uh, You'll also find an Aniston bracket. I really wanted to send this to you during March Madness, but didn't get around to it. There are no rules. (laughs) Just thought it might be fun to have screenings with your office mates and compare to Matt's picks. FYI, Josh is a huge Leprechaun fan. Also wanted to send you a few (laughs) items that uniquely define Minneapolis. Included is the obvious Prince memorabilia, some stickers uh, from a great independent record store, The Electric Fetus, and a guitar pick for Ben. Josh Gorski has thought of everything.
1: Wow. Oh my God. The last
0: and most crucial gift I could share with you is the 1999 film Drop Dead Gorgeous. (gasps) Why this movie isn't considered iconic is beyond me, but it's your quintessential 90s black comedy. The cast is fantastic in the mannerisms and dialogue Capture small town Minnesota even more than Fargo did. I hope all three of you enjoy this movie as much as my husband and I do. Alice and Janie is brilliant. We were just talking about that I needed to get our eyes on this movie. Yes. Thanks again from the bottom of my heart. If you do more traveling showcases, please make Minneapolis one of your stops. Well, I mean you've sealed the we deal. We must come. Absolutely. We We'd love to have you as long as the movie doesn't scare you off. Sincerely, Josh Gorski. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna go back into this thing here. I want to thank Matt and Dana too for some of my favorite moments in the podcast. Matt, I love when a guest makes you blush as they unapologetically talk about their personal life. Even though I can't see it, I can definitely feel it. We all can. (laughs) Dana, your genuine reaction and laughter to some of the intro-outro conversations (laughs) lightens my heart. Both speak to the authenticity of the
1: show. I love that he skipped over the parts about him. And meanwhile, when you compliment Dana, compliment my arms, I was like, get that on (laughs) mic. That just is the perfect distillation of Dave. Oh, uh, you're you're absolutely right. I'm simply too Catholic for this.
0: Uh, Josh, thank you so much. I this am. Is,
1: there, there's such a bounty here. I'm. I'm. I'm truly overwhelmed. Oh my god! To, I just want to say a, a, a genuine message Dave's to Josh as quiet. you unpack this, which is that Josh. If you know anyone in the Minnesota like who at like, I don't know, the oh gay 90s god. or uh-huh. one of the one of the cool gay spots in <laughs> Minneapolis. You want to put us in touch? We'll come there, we'll do a live yes. show. Yes. Uh we will dig into these. Oh my god, the cover of my mixtape has <gasps> oh a my sweet High cover. Oh it. my god,
0: mine has Baxter Boys and a teen beat. <laughs> a teen Beat magazine has JTT mine, on it. Mine has shirtless James Vanderbeek, uh, The Judges of the Masked Singer, and Patty Labelle uh, doing the the uh, this Christmas. Oh, those oh are the three god. elements that make up my truest and purest heart.
1: I've got a vintage Aniston uh, from maybe from Leprechaun. I'm not sure. I've got Nina West, and I've got a Sweet Valley High uh, book cover that says, "Did you go to Red Lobster without me?"
0: <laughs> uh, oh my god! Purple Rain incense. This is the best Prince thing coasters ever. with the Prince face. Uh Oh A sticker uh, this, Josh This is fantastic I'm like going to cry Josh, This, is, like, the sw- this, this is, is the sweetest the thing best in the world ever And Josh happened. Honestly Thank you for modeling Proper Listener behavior Truly <laughs> yeah, You are the ultimate homophiliac I guess This is they like are. number one
1: fan yes, status Truly are. Like this is amazing
0: I love it Well
1: it's official We're coming to Minneapolis <laughs> We're coming That is set Oh yeah No that's oh, That's sure. just a
0: done deal um, oh, we'll find maybe, maybe we'll get like a Bob Mold if he happens ooh, to be in Minneapolis. Ooh, that'd be the perfect yeah. place. Okay. Gears are turning, wheels are turning, Josh Gorski. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you also to Big Dipper. Yes. Oh, and there's, there's, look at this. Oh, oh it doesn't really pop. There's bubble wrap, oh, but it's, yeah. it's almost pop proof. It's tasteful bubble wrap. It's tasteful bubble wrap. Um, thank you, Dana. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ben, for the music. Um, this, uh, this he's going to be so excited. I can't wait to Thank you again, taste? Josh.
1: Uh, uh, and we're going to play is, the Aniston bracket. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Show. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <start getting laughs> uh, thank you.
2: Bye.